Okay, are you prepared? Now this picks up on my Sunday night, my encouraging Sunday night message. Which, my encouraging Sunday night message, which um, I believe in being prepared. I like being prepared. I like being told ahead this may be coming. Like this hurricane, man. I mean, they, you talk about overplay something. Them poor souls on the media, I felt bad for them. Oh, the flooding, the flooding. We don't flood in Florida. We're flat. It goes into the ocean. Our flooding is you had a foot of water. Now, you go to North Carolina, South Carolina, where there's mountains, it'll flood you, you know. I mean, that's big. Or Mississippi River. That's, that's a whole different real. We don't flood. They shouldn't even mention that. Then they said tornado warnings. We don't have tornadoes amount to anything. They're little water spouts. They may take your screen porch off. But, I mean, you've never been raised in a real tornado Cat 5 area uh, where they'll, take, they'll kill. Well, we had a, we had, this is more encouraging news. We had, a we, had, we had twin tornadoes where I was raised in Elkhart, killed 100 people outright, straight up and down, killed 100 folks. They were hunting for them in trees and every kind of thing. That's a tornado. That's what you go to your basement for. Don't go to your basement because you're going to, you know, first of all, you'll drown in Florida. But I'm done with it. I just can't stand to hear it anymore, you know. But I feel bad for them. Overdo it. But I believe in being prepared. I'm big on it. I'm big. I'm big here at the school. I'm big here in my home, my own personal life. But continuing that theme of being prepared, I want to just talk a little bit about a classic passage of Scripture that really we should all get real, real familiar with, no matter what, because it's a classic passage. What's a classic passage? I've said it over and over again. If you took 100 people and they read the book of Ephesians, probably 98 of them would say, chapter 6 Verses 10 through 17 was really powerful. They, they at least say that. Chapter 6, verses 10 through 17. Boy, that section of Ephesians was powerful. That's because it's a classic. That's what a classic is. It's a real powerful. If, if people read John chapter 3, 100 people, Almost 98 of them would probably say, that John chapter 3, verse 16, that is something about that that's just powerful. That's what they call a classic passage of Scripture. That's one of those passages that is especially powerful uh, uh, when you read it. So <clears throat> I, I, Sunday night I talked to you about being prepared for death. I'm sure you are now. Uh, you know what to expect in some degree. But the whole Bible is a preparation book. It warns of coming judgment all through the Bible. It warns of, of uh, the seriousness of our sins and the consequences for our sins. It warns of the punishment for the unprepared. It makes us aware of a Redeemer. The very theme of the book is, I'm going to redeem you. Redeem you from what? Redeem you from what? There's no... It makes no sense to have a redeemer unless you're redeemed from something. Makes sense? I'm redeemed from the judgment that is due me for my sin. Hey, I need help. I need somebody to intercede for me. The Bible says a daysman 
It makes you aware of the of redemptive plan. Bible, the Bible from one end to the other is really a redemptive plan of God's way. That's why it's important to know the Old Testament as well as the New, because the Old puts the New in perspective of why it is, why, who Christ came from. What, what's this whole Jewish thing? You have to know the Old Testament to be able to, to, be able to understand all of that. You won't get it otherwise. So it gives a motivation for those who prepare and a warning for those who do not prepare. So our text, though it be a well-worn passage because of its nature being a classic, is not even not the only place where we're personally told to be, be prepared. We're told to understand that we have certain weapons that we need to know about uh, to fight the evil one, to fight the old nature, to fight the evil one. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through 5, you don't have to turn there. I'm not going to show it to you behind me. But it says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare, that's the key phrase. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. It's not about this flesh. I can't, I can't will my way into victory. I must have spiritual tools, weapons, in order to have victory. Uh, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. What a passage. What a passage. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through 5. What a passage. Uh, you're in, it, that, that passage makes it clear that we're involved in the process. Uh, sometimes... Um, Sometimes uh, Calvinists will want to make it like it's all God, none you, but that's not the way the Bible portrays it. Uh, we're involved in it. We're, we are to know about them. We're to walk in the flesh. That's us. Uh, not to war after the flesh. That's us making decisions. As it's been said, you are accumulation of all your decisions. Make good decisions, and you have a good outcome. Make bad decisions, you have a bad outcome. Um, these things, these weapons of our warfare are available to you and I, but they're not automatic. You don't just automatically get the power to overcome the war and the, war, the one warring against us. You must know about them and put them on daily, not once and done. So the Bible also says we have a, such a thing as called the armor of light. This is found in Romans chapter 13, verse 12. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. That's you. That's me. I must be willing. When you see something that's inappropriate, <coughs> you have to shut it down. When you hear something inappropriate, you have to shut it down. God's not going to come in there, run in there, and shut it down for you most of the time. Now, there may be a, a time or two that he runs in there and saves you on stuff like that, but most of the time, no. The nice fire spent days in hand, let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. But the last part is what I want to talk about. And let us put on the armor of light. So there is such a thing as armor of light. Light is righteousness. Light is God. These are the things of God. These are higher things, nobler things, uh, which have allured my sight. Uh, we're to change our focus in life from the dark things to the light things. Um, Philippians chapter 4, which I've preached on, has been preached on, walked through so many times. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, that means stay away from the false, right? Whatsoever things are, are uh, uh, honest, 
I, I, I know I'm rubbing the cat the wrong way, but I wouldn't spend much time in fiction. See, we want to we wanna make it like good fiction, bad fiction. But all fiction's not true. None of the fiction's true. The idea of fiction means it's not true, right? Untrue. Don't spend too much time in fiction. Are you lovers of fiction? Boy, you're just you're struggling now. You're struggling now. What about The Hobbit? I think it's a bad hobbit. What about Narnia? There is no Narnia. I, I hate to tell you, there's no Middle Earth. There's no Star Wars. There's no Star Trek. There's no, there's no superheroes. There's no Batman. There's no Superman. There's no none of that. And I'm not saying a little of that is going to damage you. But some people's video games is just simply like drinking alcohol. It's just an escape from reality. Oh, this is good. You'd condemn somebody if they if they drank a fifth of whiskey every day, wouldn't you? I had an I had a was it was that your grandmother? She drank a fifth of whiskey, brother, every day. Fifth. I'm talking about un a fifth, bigger and bigger. Fifth of whiskey every day. She's a skinny old thing. Skinny old wiry little girl. Uh was her name Helen? Wow. She made an impression on me. And and all over her house were these empty bottles of whiskey. 50 whiskey every day. That's just, that's just bad, man. It's bad. She was hiding from something. What? She lived a very wicked, immoral life. And at the end of her life, it was all coming to fruition. Torments her soul. And they're trying to hide in the whiskey. Well, I, I see people hiding in, in fiction, hiding in video games, hiding in play-play, not real. Now, a little bit of that won't hurt you, but brother, come on. Hours a day is wrong, have to be wrong, especially since you ain't reading your Bible 20 minutes a day. I'm just going to guess at that. I'm just going to guess if you spend three hours uh, doing, doing uh, uh, some sort of a video game, you're not going to spend an equal three hours reading your Bible. Now, if you came to me and said, I'll spend three hours reading my Bible if I do three hours of fiction, I think I'd go for that. I'd say, okay, we'll do the trade, right? Because pretty soon, you're going to read so much Bible, you're going to quit your fiction. Right. Oh, I know the Bible enough to tell you that. Well, anyway, it's, it's just, I'm, I'm just, I'm, don't, don't call me some foolish old, foolish old man that doesn't know what he's talking about. It's not true. What sort of things are true? What sort of things are honest? What sort of things are just? What sort of things are pure? What sort of things are lovely? What sort of things are good? Report for being virtue, for being praise. Think on these things. I looked the Greek up. That's an imperative. That's a command. He don't ask us to think on these things. He said, if you're putting on the armor of light, you got to think on these things. You got to force yourself. You got to turn the junk off and turn the good stuff on. You got to make it happen. Otherwise, you're going to be a victim, not a victor. You're not going to be able to say we're more than conquerors through us who, who love them. You're not going to be able to quote Romans 8.37. You won't be able to do it because you're going to be defeated uh, by the evil one. Paul refers to having the armor of righteousness, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 7. By the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left, indicating that there is a protection for you and me as a spiritually by, by emphasizing truth, it is a protection. Again, my, my wife's here, and she's a banker for 44 years. 
in those 44 years, they did not teach them how to, how to recognize counterfeit money. They did not teach them. They did not take a pile of counterfeit money and have them spend time feeling it. They made sure that they were exposed to the real money. And their exposure to the real money made it real clear to them when they got a false piece of money went through their fingers. My wife used to count money. I got paid for something in hundreds, 30 $100 bills. And, you know, the guy could have stuck four or five phonies in there and got him a discount, right? So I said, I just handed He gave me this wad, and I just took that wad and handed it to Kathy. And she just goes, they're good. Never looked at them. They're good. When you hear false, after you know the good well enough, you hear the false, it goes bing, 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 bing. I'll turn on those false teachers on TV, and they'll say something. I go, oh, man, bing, 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 bing. Why does it go bing, 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 bing? Because I know the true. you got to know the true well enough to know to understand the false. I had a member here that wanted to know about prophecy. I said, I hear I got good information about prophecy. I got, I'll tell you where to read in the Bible. I got a good book. He started watching this Yahoo on TV. And pretty soon he's like, you know, that guy's really smart. I said, that guy's a heretic. He's a liar. He's a pervert in the truth. Oh, no, preacher, man, this guy's smart. He knows more Bible than you ever thought about. I said, he may, but he's still a liar, a pervert, and not telling the truth. Uh, it's not what he's saying. is not Bible. And so pretty soon the guy left the church. And, and pretty soon he quit going to church, any church, you know, because the guy was a liar, and, and he got caught up in the fault. So then he got embarrassed, and he figured, well, maybe there's no true. There is. You just, you just got to be careful. I mean, it's, you just don't fling yourself out there. So the best place of all Scripture to go to is this Scripture right here. That was introduction. <clears throat> Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. That's our foundation. First verse is our foundation. Everything's in God. And you're not going to win this thing and end well on your power. You're going to end well on God's power. You make some choices, throw yourself at the, feet of the foot of the cross, at the feet of Jesus, and say, God, help me. Lord, I believe, help out my unbelief, and he'll come to you and help you. So we see that finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. That's the foundation of the whole thing. Then we see our prerogative in the next verse. Put on the whole armor of God. Why? You may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. There's such a thing as the wiles of the devil. So the next two verses here. For we, why? For we wrestle not. Oh, this is our enemy, by the way. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world. We were, we were against spiritual wickedness in high places. So we're wrestling not against flesh and blood, man. We're wrestling against something way above us. Powers and principalities and rulers and spiritual wickedness in high places. And so it's, so what do we do because of that? Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor. There's that phraseology again, armor of light, armor of salvation, armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day having to, done all to stand. Now, it doesn't guarantee that you're going to stand in the evil day unless you have done all to stand. By the way, then it lists our equipment here. How do we stand? Well, stand, therefore, having your loins 
girt about with truth, that's your waist, having on the breastplate of righteousness, that's your chest, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, that's your feet. He's, what Paul's probably doing here is he's looking at a Roman soldier, and he's seeing the uniform and the armor that they have, and, he's, and the Holy Spirit through him is likening this to spiritual armor that we put on. It says, above all, taking the shield of faith. Shield of faith protect the rest of you. They may not be able, those things don't. Wherewith you should be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Have you ever had a fiery dart of the wicked come by? Oh, my brother, yeah, I have. Oh, yeah. They'll come by and take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. I preach a sermon on Buck naked for God. There's a lot of Christians, all they're doing is running around with a helmet on. That's all they got. They're totally naked, except for a helmet. They got a helmet of salvation. Preacher, I'm saved. I'm saved. Yeah, but that's not all you're supposed to put on. You're supposed to have your loins girded about with truth, a breastplate of righteousness. You're supposed to have the shield of faith. You're supposed to have your feet shod with the preparation of God's gospel peace. You're running around naked, man. Well, I guess I don't have anything else. You didn't do verse 17? What do you do, cut me off? That Dale, you got to watch him. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you should be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, okay. And then 17, take the helmet of salvation and a sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Did you do, did you do anything past that? No. You should have done praying always. I, I didn't give you the right grade, 10 through 18. Praying always. That's, that, that almost never is attached. But if you look at the context, it's attached. Put all that stuff on and then ask God to help you. Bathe it in prayer. It's a humble walk. Christian life's a humble walk. It's a daily walk. It's a, it's a dependent walk upon God. I need Him every day, every hour. All kinds of songs written about that, how we have to walk with God. So our waist, our chest, our feet, our vulnerable, vulnerable parts are protected by the shield. Our head's protected. We have an offensive weapon, which is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Communication for power. Uh, Vito, the Bible verses, that's your offense. That's your offense. Now I can do some damage to the kingdom of darkness. I'm not just, my dad used to be a boxer. He, he's still a boxer. But my dad uh, would always say, you'll always lose if you have a good defense. you always lose if you have a good defense. Work on your offense. He says, if your fist is in his face, he can't tell what's going on. He says, you got to make sure that you are all over him and he don't know what's going on. So if you're sitting there trying to block the devil, the wire, you know, you're concentrating on blocking him doing this, he's going to take, eventually they're going to get through. But if you're out there telling people about Jesus, passing 1,000 tracks out a week, doing stuff like some of you people are doing, going to bus ministry, getting them boys and girls in neighborhoods he don't want you to go, places he don't want you to be, he's on the defensive. Amen. You put the devil on the defensive. You put the forces of darkness on the defensive. 
and you are on the offense, and you got a better chance of surviving. My dad used to say, "A good defense, a good defense is a what did he say? A good a good defense is a good uh, a good offense is a good defense. I believe that's what he said. A good offense is your best defense. Now." Remember, my I never knew my dad young. I was I was see, he was thirty three when I was born, so no thirty one when I was born. But anyway, the bottom line is uh, I never knew him really when he was young. He was in his forties when I remember him much, but he was still tough in his forties, doing speed bagging, mad thing dance. He could do all kinds of fancy Muhammad Ali moves with a rope. Weighed 155 pounds, just the weight he, same weight he died with, and uh, he exercised till he died. In fact, when he was in the uh, hospice, he told me if I could get out and do a little exercise, I'd make it. And I looked at him. I said, "Dad, I don't. I don't think this is one of them deals. Exercise is going to make it. You know." He had acute leukemia. He wasn't coming back. And so I said, "No, you're not going to be able to exercise away on this one." Well, if you get me home. I'll start exercising. I'll be okay. And uh, by the way, exercise is not a cuss word. But um, you may have heard of these things before. I just went over tonight. But do you approach your Christian life with such detail, with a sense of preparedness, like I'm talking about, with a sense of danger, that you can be in the danger zone? Do you keep frosty for a future attack upon your marriage, upon your personal conscience life? Uh, are, are, you, are you ready when the fiery dart comes your way? Well, you can be. The Bible says you can be, but you've got to do this kind of stuff. Uh, man, Christianity is not successfully lived casually. It's, it's successfully lived when you have a purpose. I am a soldier of the cross, and I have a purpose, and I have a plan, and I'm going to have an implementation of that plan, and I prepare myself daily. You eat every day. Most people eat every day. Why do you do that? I lost my sense of smell, sense of taste, and it's been a brand new life. It's a brand new life. Fix whatever you want to fix. It all tastes the same. It could be cardboard. I ate a Snicker ice cream bar and couldn't tell it. Besides, it was a little sweet. Now, boy, if you can't taste the Snicker ice cream bar, you're shy. <laughs> what God's done is take the importance of food away from me, the importance of taste of it. Now I eat mechanically because I must eat to survive and I must eat to do well. And so I, I, I go in there and I imagine, ooh, that tastes good, liar. But I, I read the Bible sometimes mechanically because it's the right thing to do. I may not be able to get much taste out of it, much smell out of it, much blessing out of it, but it's the right thing to do. It's going to keep me alive. That's what I'm doing now. I'm eating out of duty. And so I hope by the grace of God it helps you some, and, and you can... Uh, Prosper. Most of you are. Most of you are all over it. And I appreciate you being all over it. 
and having and being prepared for what may come down the road. Father, thank you for the few minutes together. Anoint this message. Anoint the Word of God as always. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.